Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode number 23 of Maocast. We are happy to be back this week. Um, before we start tonight, I would like to say to anyone in the Twitch and YouTube chats, go ahead and throw your questions and comments in there, and we will answer them throughout. So, Patrick, let's jump into this real quick. You want to introduce our guest tonight? Sure, yeah. So we've got a slew of very important and very well-educated guests on the topic tonight. Uh, so we have Jessica Redmond, uh, herself a huge beer snob. She only goes to microbreweries and prefers brown ales, I believe. Uh, and then over here we've got uh, Sean and Mike, and they are long-term uh, beer fanatics. They have several decades of experience drinking and enjoying beer in a variety of settings. So I'll just let them uh, explain exactly uh, what where their experience comes from and how long it's been. So, well, I'm fairly anyway. new to the beer drinking uh, side, so I'll sing it. I, I've just uh, followed uh, probably like five last five years of drinking beers. I've been drinking beer for um, quite a bit longer than that, and um, just recently, in the last three four years, got into the micro brewing um, circuit and dabbled with uh, home brewing as well so um you know my palate uh, i like a lot of different varieties and uh never really had one that i couldn't finish oh sorry and, um, um just... so speaking of that what would be your guys's favorite beer or type of beer and why is that is it like the taste is it the bubbliness i don't know the carbonation you know like what is the it? bubbliness the bubblies. You truly are a professional, Patrick. I, that's what I'm told. I would uh, say none of them because of the taste and the bubbliness. That's yeah, see, Jessica is an expert, and so she's using the word bubbliness, so it must be a thing. So I would say um, <laughs> Cass from South Korea. Okay. I loved, uh, I love that, and so I've only had it the one time we were over there, and then last time we went to Japan, we got, uh, we had a layover in South Korea, and when I got on the plane from Korea to Japan, um, they were serving drinks, and cast was an option, so I obviously jumped on that. But other than that, the only other beer that I've ever enjoyed is the one that we had when we went um, brewery hopping a couple of years ago when I went to your place. Um, I, I have also had cast cause I believe we had it together and that was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but I have just got breaking news. Uh, dad or Sean, <laughs> I've been informed by Kathleen Redmond that you're lying about how long you've been drinking beer. I have no knowledge of any such person. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know who you're talking about. All right. Well, what are you guys' favorite beers and why? Mine, um, Mine for a long time has been Guinness, and uh, that's a Guinness Stout, and that was even before I went to Ireland and went to uh, the Storehouse, mm -hmm. which uh, solidified as my favorite beer of all time. It's um, It doesn't have the bubbliness that a lot of domestics have. It's, um, you know, it's the bread of life. It really is. It's creamy. It's got a great mouthfeel. It's lower in alcohol um, content, so you could have a couple more. Um, it's just a great beer that uh, pleases my palate so that's my favorite yeah for me it's uh my my main beer that i i tend to gravitate to is the uh is the browns uh okay. or the reds uh the irish reds and the, or, or the american browns uh moose drool uh one of my favorite right now is a beer uh from uh, ankeny iowa uh called burnout brown from uh fire trucker um it's really really good very very uh smooth uh, good mouthfeel uh, great aromas, a little bit uh, caramelly, chocolatey, a little bit. Um, good, really good beer. But uh, the first beer that I actually passionately fell in love with was Smittix. Uh, while I was in college, my roommate uh, went over to Ireland uh, during the summers, and he brought back uh, a case or two of Smittix. And I had it for the first time when I was like uh, 18, 19 years old. And uh, then my uh, my wife, uh, somebody apparently pretended to be my wife, wrote into the show. But uh, she brought back some beer from Ireland as well, which was Smittix, and uh, it reinforced how much I enjoyed it. Then when I went to Ireland, um, that's pretty much the only thing I drank when I was in Ireland. Even when I went to the Guinness storehouse, I drank Smittix instead of drinking Guinness. But yeah. uh, I do enjoy a good Guinness. It's a great beer. It's smooth. It's flavorful. Um, with it being nitroed, it's just it's an amazing, it's amazing tasting beer. 
and and so, I happen to. Oh, sorry, Jess. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say. So you being eighteen and in college—that was five years ago. Just to clarify. Yes, that's exactly. Okay. Okay. Just making sure we're on the same page. I, this is all. This is all die. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just want you to know. This is all die. I just want to look older so I don't get carded anymore. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> sure. 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 I doubt it works. Um, but but I actually uh, have I've had a Smittix that you've never had, which is Smittix Blonde, Blonde, which is only available in Ireland, and it's awesome. It's very very good. And I, I see because I per personally prefer lagers. I prefer uh, a man's beer, Bud Light Lime, of course. Mm -hmm. um, it's the best beer over. in the world. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Um, but an interesting thing about Guinness though, that I actually learned because I went to the Guinness factory or the Guinness distillery or whatever it's called um, as Store well. What, what, sorry? Storehouse. Storehouse. Yes, yes. So I actually went there and um, they informed me that, so the River Lithy, I believe is what, what the river is that goes through Dublin, um, is like super dirty. And Guinness was actually made by monks as a way of purifying the drinking water originally so then they could partake in it and that actually leads me into another question that I, I i would like to see from you guys an answer from uh we were talking about marijuana on a previous podcast and i want to propose an idea that i've had in that beer is more socially acceptable and alcohol more generally because it allows people to drink otherwise undrinkable water it makes uh water into what is known as potent potables and uh it essentially expands our horizons in ways that uh, marijuana doesn't. Obviously, it's not the case anymore because we have a variety of different ways that we can purify water. But I think that c cultural history still sticks with us because those who were able to do so with the water and, and essentially turn it, um, use alcohol to purify it, were able to pass on their culture. So, do you guys think that I'm onto something here with this this theory? Um, do you think that there is other reasons why? Uh, beer is more socially acceptable or ought to be uh, than marijuana or what are you guys' general thoughts? Well, at first, you know, some in, in some places, beer is cheaper to buy than bottled water. Uh, bottled water yeah. is a whole, it, it's a whole new market in its, its own right um, with as many different you know, aquifers and distillers or bottlers out there. But as far as marijuana, I, you know, it's it, you know, now that it's legal, it's it's up to individual, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, as far as drinking in a bar, it's your, it, it's, you, you go there, you, you drink as many as you want, and then you go, you go on. Um, you know, as far as uh, smoking marijuana in public outside of a hookah bar, I don't know if that's ever going to be socially acceptable if you could integrate the two of them, because I think people are going to get offensive from the secondhand smoke. Yeah, I've seen. I, I watched the show uh, about the uh, legalization of, of marijuana, um, and they actually had an extension of like the uh, the store, uh, like you would have like a like if you went to a, a craft brewer today. You go in, you get a beer, you sit down inside the building, you drink the beer, you you play games, whatever. Um, and it was very similar to that, where they would have like a smoking room. You would buy yeah. this pot in the front room and go in the back room and sit down and smoke and kind of make it more uh, of a friendly atmosphere. Um, I could see that becoming more and more popular as it as, as it's been going on. This been going on in Amsterdam for well, yeah, for, it's the beginning of time. But as far as the U.S. is concerned, it's fairly recent, and as more and more states legalize it, I think you'll see more of that kind mm -hmm. of stuff happen. Up. But again, to go back to Mike's point about you know going to a bar and whatnot, um, again, my my only my only concern with marijuana smoking. Uh, or my biggest concern, I guess I should say, is again is testing. Uh, yeah. As far as impairment, if you if you go out and you smoke, and then and again, I'm not I'm not well versed in marijuana at all, so I'm I'm here to talk about beer. But uh, uh, if you smoke enough marijuana, I would think that you become impaired and you wouldn't be able to drive a car very well. And yet, there's no way to test uh, how what your THC level is and how impaired you might be. And until they can do that, I'm a little leery about, you know, yeah. legalizing to, the, to that point. Yeah. Jess, and as like, an expert in marijuana, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. Um, but uh, I, like, obviously, I think 
alcohol has been legal for a much longer time. So therefore, it's just kind of something that we do as a culture that we've always done. As for marijuana is still kind of new in the process of legalization. And even in its use, it's I don't I don't know the history of it, but I'm assuming it hasn't been used quite as long as alcohol or at least not as openly. Um, and also, I think just because we know more about the effects of alcohol and what it can do to your body, because it's more common and it's legal, that we're much more comfortable with it as a society. As for marijuana, um, like I know for me, I don't know what it does to your body. And so it's a very like scary thing where for all I know, you could just go psycho crazy or something. Um, and so the point is you don't have as much knowledge of what it does to your body um, just because we don't see it in public and we don't exactly know the effects or whether it's a different effect for every person. And so just because of that, I think it's just people are just more comfortable with the thought of alcohol knowing what it what the effects are. You're like more familiar with it effectively. So you're yeah. going be well, okay with it. I was going to say in two things. So one, it has, it has something to do with how long you've been exposed to an idea. So marijuana legalization is very new in this country. And so it's going to take a while for people to, for it to become socially acceptable. Then you look at the United States where it's been legal, um, you know. Or beer, beer. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where it's been, yeah, beer. Has been legal since, you know, with the exception of a couple year period since mm. our country was founded. Um, but even we have a different culture around drinking than, let's say, Germany, where the legal drinking age for beer is 16. Yeah. Or Ireland, where the legal drinking age for beer is like, you know, right when you get born, basically. <laughs> <laughs> baptized with it. Yes, yeah, so you're getting baptized with, with beer and a squirt gun. So there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's going to take time. And mm -hmm. that's basically what it boils down to. But let's not forget that this country once tried to ban beer as well. Yeah, speaking of that... Uh... I would even say that about what Jess was saying. Uh, it, even when they prohibited beer or alcohol consumption in the United States, I don't think it had the stigma that marijuana has even today. Um, so, you know, even though you had to go to a speakeasy to get it, it was kind of like a thing to do, where I don't know if that same kind of allure is there even in places that it's not legal today. Yeah. And, and I was going to ask, though, about, you know, I, I know, Sean, you're very familiar with history, or at least that's what I'm told. It's what your uh, LinkedIn profile tells me. It says uh, master's in history and women's studies. So I don't know what the women's studies has to do with anything, but apparently your master's in it. So I've been informed as such. Anyway, what, why did we have prohibition? What was the driving force behind it besides you know, just a cultural shift or something, I guess. I don't really know what, what, what the deal was with that. I don't, know what you I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble, but probably, it, you know, it happened close to after the women got the vote, so. The so women want to outlaw beer? <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> All right. No, I'm only, I'm only joking, everybody out there. I'm only joking. Yeah. Um, no, honestly, I, to be honest with you, Patrick, I don't have a very good understanding of what the, 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 Motivation was behind uh, prohibition. To be honest okay. with you, okay, okay, that's fine. I mean, I was just I was curious because it's it it seems like a very strange shift in the culture. Which I mean, obviously, we, uh, those of us who are familiar with it, uh, prohibition led to you know gang rising, gang violence through the black market, and you know Al Capone coming into uh, power in Chicago for all intents and purposes. So, but. Along, along those lines of, you know, we're talking about the, the effects of beer and everything like that. Um, when you're drinking a beer, how, what is the proper method of drinking? Are you just going to chug? Are you, you know, sipping it and you're like swirling around your glass like wine? What is, you know, as beer snobs, how do you go about it? Like, how long do you smell you know, do you, do you like just taste your mouth and spit it back out and then drink it? Or like, what, what is the deal? Well, if you're playing beer pong or flippy cup, then you got to drink it a little bit faster than if you're, if you're at uh, a craft brew, uh, brewery and you're having a New England hazy IPA. Um, no, it depends. You know, if you're familiar, if, if I'm drinking a beer for the first time, you know, I like to, you know, look at the color and then, you know, look at, um, you know, then take a smell and, and, and get the aroma of it and then take a little sip 
and get the, the initial flavor and then take like a, a little more sip, you know, to get the overall effect. And then once I, once I do that, I, I'm, I'm pretty clued in if, I if I'm going to like it or not. And if I like it, I'll probably drink it a lot faster um, than if I don't like it. But, okay. um, but it's almost like, it's almost like tasting wine. I mean, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at all those same qualities. Okay. To, to me, it's, uh, it's very similar to what Mike was saying. And it depends if it's the first time I'm having this particular beer, if I'm at a new craft brewer that I've never been doing it before and I'm, and you know, they're known for a specific type of beer or something along those kind of lines, I'm going to take a little more time to enjoy it. Uh, I want to, my big thing is a mouthfeel. I like to have a, a the, the, the taste of the beer has to be uh, something I enjoy, but okay. then the, the smell has to be good and the mouthfeel has to be good. And, and you take advantage, you know, you make yourself aware of those things as you're drinking it. Now, if you're out with the, just a bunch of buddies and you're drinking Bud Light Lime, you're not doing that because it's Bud Light Lime. I mean, but if I'm drinking uh, a fire truck or a brown ale, that first time I tried it, I mean, yeah, I enjoyed that. I, I took some time drinking that beer. If you're drinking something that's high alcohol, if you're drinking an imperial stout or something like that, you're not going to chug that beer. You're going to take yeah. some time. That's a sipping beer. Yeah, you're going to savor it like a cigar, basically. Right? You no, know, and there's a right. lot. You know, there's a lot of beers being made, like barrel aged, the barrel aged series stuff. And there's a lot of, and especially on the stouts, a lot of flavors okay. are being awkward flavors are being thrown in the beer. So you know, it's not something if you're not familiar with that beer, you don't want to take a big mouthful and swallow. You sort of want to. Don't want it to hit you in the head. You want to, you know. What, what did we do to Jess? You want Sorry, to look over my shoulder? The, I'm looking at the R-rated uh, cat in the back. Yeah, we got a. Uh, what what is this called, Jess? What's a? Uh, there's like a like it's a show with like barely clothed women. Can with, you, with... Can you stop him, burlesque? Yeah, he's we got a burlesque show going on here in the background. Hide like, your children. Uh, take them away. He's a little, he's a little bit, uh, he's not shy. That's okay, for sure. Okay, anyway, sorry. Though. Anyway, but so you're throwing out all these terms here. And I mean, I'm a very experienced beer drinker. I drink a lot of Bud Light Lime. I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, you know, you might be saying to yourself, okay, well, that's one beer, right? And I'm like, okay, you're right. I also drink Smirnoff Ice, so I'll, clearly I have a lot of experience in this field. Hey, you occasionally drink That's vodka-based. What are you talking about? When I, when I go <laughs> When I go to the bars, I like getting Blue Moon because I put orange peels in the in the um, in the uh, the barrel or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> I'm being told to cover up the cat. Um, but yeah, so what what is what is a mouthfeel? What's what's a head? What's the what's the body? You know, like what are all these terms you guys are using? We're not beer snobs like you guys and Jess. Well, mouthfeel is like if you like a nitro a, a, a nitro board beer is more creamy so what you know when you when you put that in, when you take that first sip you can almost feel it's like almost creamy um is how i can describe it almost like it's, a, it's more viscous like a milkshake yeah it's thicker okay. correct you know and then um you know it doesn't have a lot of carbonation like um you know like a miller high life or uh or miller light or a bud light um okay. it's thick on the palate you know I almost want to say chewy, but it's not chewy. But you know, drinking a Guinness, you know, you have it in your mouth, and you know it—it's almost overwhelming. You know, and going back to Guinness, you know, it's either a love-hate thing because people don't be, don't like that 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 whole experience of Guinness, um, and the people who do, um, you know, have been drinking it for a long time or will be drinking it for a long time. It's and, and, and I think it's just to dovetail on the Guinness part, you know, a lot of people are afraid of it because it's a black beer. Yeah, they think it can be strong. It's heavy. It's you know, um, it's it's got a high alcohol content, and it's none of those things. To be honest with you, it's one of the lower alcohol content beers out there. It's around four point three or four point five or something like that, um, and it's not a heavy beer. It's not something that's going to fill you up dramatically. It's just it scares people away because it's a dark beer. Um, but I mean, you got some other beers that, you know, that are bizarre as far as tasting mm -hmm. is concerned, and it's becoming very popular. I per I don't particularly like these types of beers. Like sours or something like that. Oh, like what? Like a sour beer? Yeah, like sours or a saison. Uh, or a saison. Or, or, What's well, a saison? I, I I don't I don't like um 
was I think it's pronounced Gose. Gose. Yeah. Gose yeah. bear. I, I can't even pronounce it. I don't like them. They're very bitter to me. They're, they're, they're acidic. Yes. Lambic beers. I don't like those. Um, you know, but that's a style that's become very popular. And a lot of people who don't particularly like traditional beers are flocking to those things. It's becoming very popular and bringing a lot of people that used to drink wine and whatnot into the beer world. So, you know, you know, there's a little, there's oh, something out there. In your expert opinion, in your expert opinion, is Bud Light, I'm getting, I've got a question from the chat here. Is Bud Light better than Corona or vice versa? I personally prefer Corona. I wouldn't drink a Bud Light if you paid me. <laughs> I prefer, I would prefer a Corona as well over, and I don't, I wouldn't say it was our expert opinions. I think it's just a personal It's a choice. personal opinion, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Guess what were you going to say? I was just going to say that from my very limited of beer, like taste of beer, because the way that I think that you should drink beer is you take a very tentative sip and then you make this face and then that's about it. So that's how I drink beer. But um, from my experience, the thing I find interesting about beer is like it kind of coats your mouth. Unlike I'm very, I'm used to drinking more like vodka based drinks. So just I think. Shots. No. <laughs> Um, but I, I think it's interesting. And I think part of that mouthfeel is probably like the coating in your mouth. Like, you know, when you do drink a smoothie, you kind of have that leftover coating. And so that's. Okay. Yeah. Beers are like smoothies, basically. Is that what you're saying? I wish. <laughs> I was going to say, I my... don't like them, but. <laughs> my issue with beer has always been that I'll drink a beer and then I feel full and bloated. And I hate that feeling. So yeah, I, I, I always gravitate right, towards buddy. rum. What? I said you, you need more fiber in your diet. It'll combat that bloating. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, but, Dr. Phil. <laughs> because, I mean, it, a beer is made out of, uh, you know, wheat and barley and hops. So, of, of like, the, the components of beer, um, what, what does what? Like, so, like, hops does what? Barley does what? Wheat does what? How do you get like the fruity flavors? Are you using like actual fruit or is it like different types of barley? First of all, there's four there's four ingredients in beer. Okay. Water. Right? Water. <laughs> Water is number one. Malt. Yeah. Okay. Hops and yeast. Okay. That's all that's in every beer. Okay. Well, and then what do they do? Flavor of beer yeah. or something like that, yes. But the malt, the, you know, the, the the malt is the is the foundation for it, and then the hop is the flavoring or the or the the, the seasoning of it. So, like um, you know, the, like a New England hazy double dry hopped um, IPA, um, you know, that's brewed with with a mash, right? With some with with grain, and then um, you know, af, after 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 you have the mash and your grain brew, then you're seeping hops, and you may, you know, you may do it at, during the boil, and then when you're fermenting, you may be adding them at different intervals during the ferment the the, the fermentation time. Uh -huh. um, and, and, so, when, and when you add them, they do different things. Okay. The longer the hop is in there, the more bitter it's going to be. The later oh, like an IPA, in, for example. Or citrus, yeah, or, or and, you the know, flavor it's gonna be. And you know, craft brewing, uh, you know, the, there's so many. The, the hop industry is been is blown up with craft brewing. There's so many different types of hops, and I couldn't even tell you the difference in them. Um, you know, but they're, you know, that's their, you know, a specific beer maker. You know, they're particular to some sort of hops. Okay, um, and. So what is, I, I know, unfortunately, our IPA expert was not able to make it to this episode, but uh, Sean and Mike, do you guys know anything about, oh, oh, is Mike uh, IPA expert? I'm not a big IPA fan per se. Uh, I mean, I'm starting to migrate to them because if you have to nowadays, you can't go into any kind of crap brewery and uh, not have an IPA. Um but Mike actually really enjoys them. He enjoys a, a lot oh, of yeah. them. It stands for India Pale Ale, right? Why, like, what is, I, and I know it has something to do with, like, the transportation of it. Like, what about an IPA makes it distinct from other types of beers? You know, I, you know, it, 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 it's a pale ale. And I don't really know the technical answer on that. I know that what I, um, you know, IPAs is the, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's the hops, and I, I don't know for sure, but 
I, I like the New England um, hazy IPAs, the ones that have been dry hopped and secondary hopped and ones you can't see that look like orange juice. Okay. Um, I think they have a lot of unique flavors. Some taste like pine trees. Um, I've been drinking some now that have been been flavored. They you know they got pineapple notes or coconut, and then you know the big thing now that I've been seeing is they've been adding lactose or cane sugar to these things, and they're calling them milkshake IPAs. And okay. you know, it's just it's really you know wild, you know. And, and it just as far as my understanding, again, I think I don't know if it's uh, true or if it's an old wives' tale or whatever, but the idea was. They had to put these hops in the beer to uh, so they would last the voyage from England to India, um, and the beer wouldn't go bad by the time it got there. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but that's one of the things, the stories I heard, and that's kind of how that side kind of or that, that that type of ale um, became came into being. Sure. But I think sure. James, if I'm not mistaken, I think when we did go to Penrose. Um, you had the strawberry milkshake IPA. And I think that was really good. There's a, wasn't a blueberry in a snowstorm or something. That was the one that, that was, you had. And then we, uh, we tried each other's, but yeah, yeah, that was really good. I actually, that was the one that I enjoyed that day for sure. Yeah. yeah it was really, really good. Yeah, it, like it doesn't taste anything like, mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the New England dry hops or, or the yeah. New England double IPAs yeah. or, or. You know, what that brewery does in Geneva, they, you know, they do different fermentation types. They do, you know, when you brew, you, you have a yeast. There's either powdered yeast, and there's a lot of different yeast strains that add to the flavor uh, of the beer. Um, but, you know, where, what Penrose does is they do some open barrel aging where they're, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're aging it in a barrel where there's some oxygen getting to it. And then they do, they, you know, some of their... Some of their crazy stuff is like open fermentation. It's just natural fermentation from the from the bacteria and the stuff in the air that gives it a different flavor. Those tend to be the more sour type, the more sour types of beer. They don't really mellow okay. out the beer, right? You know, because the yeast is you know the yeast is eating the sugar, um, which is causing the alcohol. Right. And, and just a, one other thing about that is. Uh, the yeast is, you know, there's four parts to a beer and everybody talks about the malt and the hops and, and everybody just, you know, well, the water is the water, but the water is kind of very important too. But the last thing that nobody ever really talks about is the yeast, which is really determinant about a lot of factors in the beer. First of all, it's going to determine whether you're going to have a lager or you're going to have an ale mm -hmm. because you have cold fermented yeast and you have warm fermented yeast. You have bottom, right? Bottom yeast and you have top yeast. So these are all things that you have to take into consideration when you're making a beer or the brewer, the master brewer has to take into consideration okay. when they're, they're, they're developing a style. So curious, how easy is it to like make your own beer? Cause I know that my dad has a friend who brews his own beer um, and he's made multiple different flavors and stuff, but it doesn't really sound like a short or easy process, yeah. but I don't know. Well, I know you've done it before, Sean. Yeah. yeah, you know, to, to do it, the key to it is sanitation, right? Because you need, everything's got to be clean and sanitized from start to finish um, or else that'll ruin the whole batch. But, you know, as far as brewing it, it takes maybe if you're using an extract kit or if you're going to brew from grain where you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to seep your grains and then sparge to extract all the sugar um, before you do your boil. Um, it maybe takes like three or four hours, but it will take up to four weeks for that to, to ferment. Um, okay. you know, once you put the yeast in it, then you gotta, then you gotta ferment it. And then sometimes you rack it, which means you drain it from one vessel to another vessel as a home brewer. And then you're, 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 you're trying to capture a lot of the solids at the bottom. You don't really want to transfer that. And then if you're going to, if you're going to carbonate it with uh, priming sugar, Again, you're adding more sugar in after the beer, and then you're capping it, and then the 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 yeast in that bottle beer is going to eat the sugar, and it causes natural carbonation. That would you know that that process can take two to three weeks. So you know as far as brewing it and making it, it's half a day, um, but the end product you're not going to see for you know four to six to seven eight weeks. Okay, and it and it's a process. I mean, you know, I've done it twice at home. Um, just inside, you know, using my stove and everything else of like that, which 
Um, I'll never do again. Apparently, uh, it makes a mess in the kitchen, according to Kathy. It, it, it can, it can, <laughs> and it's and it's not easy when you're working inside of a kitchen. Now, Mike, you know, has a couple of friends, and you know, they uh, they they brew it out of his garage, and um, they've got some unique uh, pieces of equipment that makes it very easy. Um, and Mike's describing it and making it a lot easier than it than it actually is. It's it's it's. <laughs> It's a tough process because you have to you have to measure stuff, you have to balance stuff, you have to time it, you have to get the the wort down to a certain temperature before you can add the yeast. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of timing that has to be done to to make it. But when you, I made I made one batch that I actually fell in love with. I made a nut brown ale at home, and I fell in love with. It. I loved it, and I was never next to my kids being born and being married. This was like right there because it was so freaking good. I really loved it, but. It's it's a tough it's it's not easy it's a difficult process. Sure, sure. It's, also, if you could make a recipe, you can make beer. If you could cook, it, you follow a recipe. Okay, we follow. Okay, so that's right out then for us. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, well, we we followed a recipe a couple of weeks ago, and it didn't turn out well. Oh, we and we don't know why. Well, the beer turned out great. The the beer turned out really good, but the color was funky. Did you drink it? Yeah. Oh, well, it's drinkable. Mine? Look at your bottle. I don't, I don't have a bottle of this. He, yeah. he told me you threw it away. No, I got it. I got some bottles. No, he's just yeah. holding it for himself. <laughs> I think he is. Well, well, you know, he's I, holding out on me. I, there, I, yeah. I, I think there's a reason for there. I, would, I dry hopped it with, with muslin um, to try and contain the, uh, the oh, sediment. Right. And I think the muslin turned the, turned the beer a different color. But yeah, yeah, the beer yeah. actually was, was drinkable. But then there's, here's another example, again, where you think you have everything done. You follow the directions perfectly. And yet you didn't get the product that you wanted. Yeah, and you found out five weeks later. Yeah, and then, yeah, that's the thing. You don't find out until after you bottle it and open it. I mean, then, then all of a sudden you're sitting there with this rancid beer that nobody wants to drink. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the thing I, I was wondering is I was wondering, like, does it change the taste to have it in a bottle versus a can versus on tap? Because I know there's some people that, like, only want it on tap or only like it when it's on tap or people who only drink it on a bottle never a can like does that mm -hmm. i'm just asking because i don't obviously know anything about beer <laughs> i mean it, you know usually if you're going to get something on tap it's fresher um it's usually not something that's been on a shelf for months um i i i prefer to drink beer out of a glass so it doesn't matter whether it comes in a can or a bottle i'm going to put it into a glass and drink it out of it and I and I am a bit of a beer snob when it comes to the glass that I use for the type of beer I'm drinking because like, it does. Like what? What does it do? It, or does well, it just look cool? I don't have a glass with me, but there are certain glasses that you would have with a, an IPA that is going to when you bring it up to your nose and you're going to drink it, it 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 it, um, it focuses the aroma of the beer. So you're getting all that stuff. Where if you have a wider thing and a wider mouth glass of beer. Um, you would might lose that um, okay. with a stout. With a stout, you're going to want a, a wider glass because it, that's not the the important thing is catching that aroma. It's, the important it's thing is, is uh, chewing on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get all the flavor. Yeah. You want to you want to you want to bite into the beer and chew it a little bit. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. And here's another thing: a lot of people who don't like beer need to get past the head. All they'll yeah. do is they'll yeah. sip and they'll just take a sip of the foam and they'll say, "I don't like that." You've got to drink into the beer. You've got to get past the foam. If the foam is not the best part of beer, although it can be, it's not normally the best part of a beer. Sure, sure. Um, so enough about the, the components, I guess, of beer. I, I do want to talk a little bit about um, bar life. because So we just went through all these lockdowns. And I know you guys are in Illinois right now, which is you know still a state of imprisonment. Uh, where, you know, in Iowa, we've been very free for the past couple of weeks with, you know, single-digit coronavirus-related stuff, so pretty easy. We're sending but you our with, prayers from Iowa. Yeah, we're sending you our prayers, so hopefully you guys can be released from, from, your, uh, from your shackles. You. But um, we're, uh, so, so do you guys know where, where the name pub comes from? Public house? Public. Yeah, public house. So yeah. a pub in you know, medieval times to now, effectively was where the general public would go to meet, right? You know, you'd go, you'd have, you know, mead or beer or whatever it is that you're drinking. Um, and I have a question as to what the difference is between mead and beer. But uh, so you, you'd go drink and you'd talk about the issues of the day, effectively. Uh, and it was the public square, you know, it was a private business in a lot of cases. 
but it was the public square for a lot of people. With the bars shut down, do you do you think that effectively the public square was shut down, or have we migrated to a different place for the public square? Tinder is a new public Tinder, square. Tinder, okay. <laughs> Tinder is now now the public square. <laughs> and I'm assuming you're just talking about like with like hookups and meeting girls, effectively. Well, you know what? It, it's a it's a different thing. You know, when Sean and I were your guy, your age. Um, you know, you really had to go out. There was no social media. There was no cell phones. Um, so, you know, you really had to go out to meet people. Yeah. So you would go out to a pub, a bar, um, a nightclub. Um, and there wasn't really even gyms at that time where to go to, uh, you know, to, to, go, to go socialize. So you really needed to go to, you know, that or, or a library or, you know, hang out at the grocery store. Uh, which I wouldn't do, but um, I, I, I wouldn't see picking up women at a grocery store as a as a winning no, strategy. That's that's where you go for single moms. <laughs> but now there's dating apps, right? There there there's you know social media and there's Skype and FaceTime and what we're doing here, and it's easier to break the ice with someone. Yeah. Um, to to get to that second place, you know, to get to maybe to. You know, to feel each other out, to 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 come to terms, to go meet at a pub. Um, do you think that we're better for that? Like, so I mean, my generation is terrified of a telephone call for the most part. You know, we're not really comfortable with meeting with people face to face, even less, even more so. Um, and I happen to think that that is heavily influenced by social media in the sense that you can text right, and you can sit there for a couple minutes thinking of the perfect line to text. Rather than if you're at the bar, you have to have a pickup line, you know, or something to start and you have to be able to, you know, kind of respond on the fly. Do you think that, you know, the lack of people meeting over a beer or so has negatively affected us or has it positively affected us? I personally think it's negative affecting I I know from my own experience, whether it's at work or just talking to my children, um, you know, if they can't text something, they, I mean, they can be in the same room and they'll text whoever they're they're talking to i mean instead of just talking i don't yeah. understand um, thanks, thanks tonight, for the call out there dad <laughs> yeah well just just as an example tonight to to get set up on this uh on this podcast um we were texting and i was like why in the heck am i texting him i'm just gonna call him and talk yeah. to him and and i know that if i didn't do it you would never have called me we would have just yeah. kept on texting i mean i was working on i was working on some editing some videos too so yeah <laughs> oh okay all right, I'm all busy. Right. I'm a working man, Dad. I, I've got a full, full, you know, 24 hours workday. Okay, but anyhow, anyhow, those things would define generations, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be, you're going to be 30 years from now talking with your children and your grandchildren and talking about the differences of, you know, back in the day when we, you know, when we had Mowcast and we were doing all our, you know, doing our yeah. things here, and you know, it's going to be telepathically. You know, in yeah. 30, 40 years, it's virtual. You, yeah. It's all going to be virtual. Probably. Yeah, which speaking of that, I think it's interesting because the newer generation is so technological and they are texting in the same room and that kind of thing. I think that like pubs and bars have become more of a place to like get drunk because because the younger generations have to get drunk to lose their inhibitions in order to actually socialize and talk to people face to face. And so I think that's why it's changed where it used to be a place where you could just kind of relax and hang out and have fun and have a couple beers, uh, maybe start feeling the buzz where now, whenever I think of a bar or whatever, um, I, I don't personally do this, but I know a lot of people that when they say they're going downtown to the bars, it means that they're going to get drunk. Um, and I think it's just because yeah. that's how and they cope it's with a place the social of stress anxiety. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's a place exactly. they have to cope with their social anxiety that we have today as a younger generation. And so now there's, it has a whole different meaning. Mm -hmm. um, speaking speaking think, of texting, speaking of texting, Sean, apparently you've gotten a text from one of your children. <laughs> and also, uh, I'm supposed to ask Mike, how do you break a beer glass? How do you break? Wow. Oh, wow. I don't know. Who said that? Who said that question? Uh, someone by the name of Mike. There's no last name. So it could be anybody. I don't remember that. I broke a many. It's and so is Jess. So yeah, at my house, he <laughs> broke my favorite beer glass too, which okay. I had gotten from an establishment. Every time I break something, means. it's because I'm trying to wash it and be a good person. 
Oh, yeah, that's what Mike and, Mike and Jess, who breaks the most glasses. Oh, you know, yeah, I, Jess, I, don't touch my beer glasses. I'm trying to ferment in there. So, like, leave them alone. Maria's uh, etched Guinness glass mm -hmm. that um, I, I'm still hearing about. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know. So, James, you've been a little quiet. What do you think about uh, what do you think about what we're talking about with, like, the social media and the beer, the bars and stuff? I know I, you're a huge fan of going to bars and particularly nightclubs, so... Oh yeah, I we both know that uh, I'm great at dancing. Um, oh yes, I've seen you dance before, and I, I had to pour bleach on my eyes. Yeah, so still that's why I have glasses. I'm still recovering. I, I'm taking. I'm actually taking dance lessons before my wedding. So. Oh good, I didn't. So it was very obvious. That's more than he did. Yeah. Um. So I have a lot of thoughts on social media. Number one, not all of them good. I mean, there's obviously positive effects, you know, when it comes to being able to connect with people that you otherwise wouldn't well, you have. You can have Malcast. So yeah. Yeah. We can. We can do this. But there's also, you know, we have become more antisocial, and I think that played a large role in my own, like, stunting my own social development. I could sit in my basement, play video games, and message back and forth, forth with a couple of friends. Never had to go do anything. Um, and I didn't break that until, you know, I was 21, 22 when mm -hmm. I went to parties and I started drinking yeah. and actually spending time with people. So basically until you met me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. More or less. Um, so I think, I think that you're right. Um, that it has obviously stunted social development. Um, and I think that, uh, you guys are also right that bars aren't places to relax anymore. They're places to get drunk or get stressed out about trying to find someone to go home with. Yeah, and, and one of the things I have to say, though, when I was in Ireland, I did not see this. Like, this is, it's actually bars are places to hang out. You know, you don't go to a bar to necessarily get drunk. You get drunk before you go to the bar, and then you go to the bar and you get one drink and you hang out. Because I went there and I, I actually met my good friends that I still talk to at the bar and then there was an instance where we had gone and i had no idea that it was like a jersey day or whatever and i didn't have a jersey because i'm from america i'm not I'm from any of the counties and we just were sitting down having a few drinks and a bunch of dudes came over and like oh where's your jersey where's your jersey? And i'm like oh, i didn't know we were supposed to have one and they're like oh you're american like you know and like <laughs> and they immediately started just hanging out with us and they showed me around town and like it was great but i can't expect that here in the united states it's so weird uh i think I think Jess brings up a good point. I'm sorry, James. Okay. But Jess and, and, and James bring up a good point. I, I think that kids are, or I shouldn't say kids, young adults are uh, so um, intimidated about meeting people face to face that, yeah, they have to get either high or, or drunk before they can relax enough to talk to somebody. Yeah. And then you meet that person, you're like, well, I don't want to hang out with that person. <laughs> you know, they're a drunkard or something like that. Yeah. Where I think, when Mike and I were, were coming up, it was more of a, a normal process. You didn't always go to go and get drunk. The drinking age, I don't know where, where you lived, no. but where I lived, the drinking age was 18. So I was drinking when I was 18. Um, so it wasn't like, it wasn't, didn't have the, like you had to go and get drunk to have a good time. You just had to go. And now, and now when Mike and I go to a bar, it's not so much to go and get hammered. It's to go and enjoy a beer of a particular type or a particular craft brewer and, yeah. and enjoying that experience more than, you know, going and get, yeah. get drunk. And, you know, the, the last places we went to, we've been going to um, microbreweries and either having a appetizer and a couple beers, but, you know, looking back, you know, the people in there are there for this, you know, they're either on a date, but no one's going there looking for somebody. And, microbreweries? Yeah. And everyone's going there, Know, with the purpose just to enjoy a couple beers and i don't really see that no one's staying there the whole night you're not you're not going to a microbrewery and you're going to stay there all night you know a lot of these beers have a lot of a high alcohol content and you're only probably having two three at the most before you're you're on your way out so unless you're um, jess because you know, she just just pow, 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 slams them and no problem right yeah well <laughs> so i've seen it it's true it, it's crazy it, no like i'm serious so like so the first time that i saw jess well, do anyway, shots no, it's she, okay. she just I, I gave her it was uv blue so it's not good and she's like oh okay did it and then it was like i'll have another one <laughs> like and i'm over here like Ugh. you're like it's not good stuff patrick you make but a face we'll anytime you drink anything that's true you drink uh, water yeah. and you make a face i drink water and i go because <laughs> 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 i'm I remember, 
<laughs> but, but so what you guys are saying though, effectively your childhood version of bars or whatever your teenage years version of bars have just migrated over microbreweries. Like they haven't been lost; they've just moved, and a new set of style of bars, rather, I guess, have come into play with this new generation. Yeah, well, and yeah. I think I think bars have been more progressive, and they're they've broken off into different styles of bars as well because of this whole stigma and typical bar scene today. I think that's why they make like arcade bars and different bars with entertainment because then it distracts the common generation from from the hardcore drinking so that way they can get the like more pub experience that you used to have and i think that's part of it you're right jess you know and there and there are a lot of bars that are called public houses for that reason you know they have good food they'll have live music like city winery in chicago you know that's a public house it's a winery but they have live music so they're trying to you know capitalize on that and then you know, there's a, you know, King's Lane is a bowling alley that in, in pinstripes where they have, you know, bowling or bocce and, and there's a bar, you know, there's a bar there. Dave and Buster's is a bar with, uh, you know, arcade games. So they're, you know, they're changing it up from the disco of the fifties. You know, there's not, mm -hmm. you know. And no I like, disco. I like those bars though. Like, so when I was oh, in I, Ireland, I, that's the kind of bar I'd go to. You know. A nightclub, a, a traditional nightclub, right? With the yeah, as opposed to like a dirty nightclub that we're used to now, where there's you know things going on that aren't uh, PG rated. Yeah, <laughs> in, and, Ireland, and again, in Ireland, there's three bars in Carlo where I went to. So there's Tully's, there's Scraggs, and then there's the Foundry. So the Foundry was like a kind of a dirty, no, very dim lights nightclub, you know, and like things were going on all the time, all over the place in there. And I'd only been there like twice or so. Because it just wasn't my kind of place. And then Scraggs would be more akin to um uh what's what's the what's the bar that everyone went to at Davenport? What's That's the dancing one? Oh. The dancing one that everyone uh, gets carriage. Yeah, carriage. It's like house. carriage where you go get wasted and then you dance. And then Tully's was more like the public house that you're describing. That's where I went all the time. Because they would have live music. Uh the music wouldn't be too loud if they had it on, and they had a bunch of booths and you know, the bar around the middle. That you could go to and you could sit there and that's where i actually met a bunch of people and they had food there too i assume yes. right yes yeah they served pizza they served people would go there on sundays after after work or during the week after school and hang out basically and, and i have to say one of the things that i find very interesting especially at least the the, the microbreweries or the craft breweries that we've been to around here all of them have credible food either food trucks or food on premises that are phenomenal. I mean, the food, you almost go there for the food and you go for the beer yeah. as an actor. I've been to a lot of places where the food's better than the beer. beer. And I would yeah. rate yeah. the food better than the beer. Yeah. No, it's great. I love pub food. It's great. Uh, that's just Barrel House here in town. <laughs> yeah, Barrel House is amazing. Barrel House is so good. I we should, I, I, we I, should I, ask I, them to sponsor us, James. <laughs> I'll work on that. I would rather say that that uh, fire trucker is probably the same thing. I'm sure they have, fire, uh, they have uh, food trucks that come up there. And and some of the food that come out of these food trucks is just it's amazing. It really yeah. is. It, it's it's it, it, it and again it makes it a whole experience now. It's not just going yeah. there to get hammered. You're going there to enjoy some food. They'll have live music. Uh, I mean, everybody, all the places around here have at least uh, on the weekends for sure live yeah. music. And yeah. You know, it's nice the microbrewery too that they all have. You know, a, a microbrewery will have. You know, they'll have. Um, you know, their own tap handles, four, five, six, seven, eight tap handles. And then they, they may do a collaboration or the with another microbrewery or they'll have guest taps. And they, you know, so when you go in there and you're really not a beer drinker or you want to try a variety, you know, they have flights. So you can get yeah. two samples of four, five, six, seven different beers. So if you go there, you can, you know, you can maybe have one, one or two beers, but you can taste 10 different things. Right. You know, and then have a, and, and then have a, and then have a bite of food as well. So, you know, that's in our age where you don't, you're not going to go and have 10 beers. Um, you know, although we can, we can sometimes, yeah, sometimes. we have, um, but, um, but, uh, that's a good way to experience beer drinking. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and most of the time, whenever I go to a place for the first time, I will usually get a flight and try a sample of, and I'll probably do something across the board where I'll go from a dark beer all the way to a light beer, uh, 
an American lager or something like that, just to chase the spectrum of what they're offering and then try yeah. to zero in on what I actually enjoy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, sorry, Jess, what were you gonna say? Well, I was just gonna say, I think that's part of the reason also why bars are trying to create this more of experience is it's a marketing tactic because the longer you stay, the more likely you're to get more than one beer. So it's also part of the yeah. marketing. And, yeah. and, and I mean, I'm a policy and politics kind of oriented person. That's how I kind of think about things. Um, so uh, Jess is letting uh, Reggie into the, into the bedroom, but uh, I'm looking at this, you guys are describing this to me and I'm looking at it as kind of a microcosm of a community, right? So you have this, so you have the land, right? Provided by the microbrewery, you have the, you know, they have the parking lot and whatever's accessible to them. They provide one service uh, besides just the land, they provide the beer, right? Uh, and then you have these food trucks that show up and utilize that land and the existing customer base to then also sell. So you have this kind of cascading effect through the way the style of these microbreweries that, you know, you've got people, you've got entertainers coming in. Without the microbreweries, where are the entertainers are going to go? They can't work, you know, in uh, uh, nearly as many places as that. So they're provided a venue. Um, it's a great venue for people if they want to network, you know, because there's already all these people there who aren't getting hammered. They're a little buzzed. They're probably a little bit more loose and more willing to talk to people. I know when I go to pubs, um, still like Crosstown Pub, for example, I've met a lot of people there that will just walk up and have a conversation with me about whatever, you know, and I appreciate that. I think that that's really nice because you don't get that at standard bars. You have all these food trucks coming in and it's kind of this great place for self-made entrepreneurs to engage with the local community and kind of build up this unique local culture, which I think is pretty phenomenal, uh, especially in modern age of everything being online, everything it returns the uh, public space, the public sphere that I was talking about earlier to the physical arena rather than being on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, I agree. I agree as well. So I, I, I think about these things, you know, a lot of people don't think I think all that often, but I do on occasion. Jess is very aware of this. <laughs> but um, so I just want to uh, ask a, one maybe final question, maybe two. Um, so as as a person who's not nearly as engaged in beer drinking as well, when what would your advice be if I were to go to a craft brewery and I like, like I said, a man's drink, Bud Light Lime, right? And if I'm able to go, well, how do I find a drink? Oh, sorry. How do I find a drink that would be either analogous to that or that I might also like at a craft brewery? Well, I think communication. So you, you know, you ask the person. I always, when I sit down, I if I see someone drinking something and it looks intriguing, I say, "Hey, what are you drinking? How do you like it?" You know, start a little conversation. Always ask bartender or the the, the, the person pouring the beer. And some of these craft breweries, breweries, um, the brewmaster is serving the beer, which you'll get a wealth of knowledge from there. But you know, if you're going to go to something, Patrick, and I go with a Pilsner. I mean, go with the lightest thing on the, that's there would be a Pilsner. I thought it would be then, a lager. What's the difference between the two? Okay. Go ahead. Uh, okay. A lager. All, all Pilsners are lagers, but not all lagers are Pilsners. Okay. So it's like all, all cucumbers are, uh, all pickles are cucumbers, but not all cucumbers are pickles? Yeah, I guess so. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's the look of pride on his face. <laughs> all cucumbers are not pickles. <laughs> But, you know, start with something light, and then, um, you know, if you could see through it, like a Bud Light, it's going to be, you know, should be light in taste. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily, but it, you know. I mean, I, I agree with Mike. The first thing I would do is if you go in there, you just talk to the whoever's pouring. Um, and like Mike said, usually it'll be either the brewmaster or the owner of the place, if it's not the brewmaster, or it'll be somebody who's very knowledgeable about what beers they have on tap. Okay. If you tell them what kind of beer you like. And it, it, don't be honest. Don't lie. Tell no, that you. Know, I like Bud Light Limes. And they'll tell you, okay, well, here's what we have that I think might be a next step for you. You yeah. know, that, I, I was at a place where they had a Mexican lob, lager, the, the beer festival we went to. Yeah. In Streamwood had a Mexican lager with lime. Right. Um, they had that actual profile. Right. Bud Light, Bud Light Lime. lime. But, you know, the beauty of it is that if you go to a microbrewery, you know, nine times out of ten, if you want to, you know, they'll let you taste for free anything right. that they have. I'll okay. give you an so, example. Ankeny, the best I was, when I was in Fire Trucker, um, I went up there to get the Burnout Brown, um, and the the girl at the counter didn't know that they had it. She said, we're all out. 
And fortunately, there was another guy down the down the bar who said, uh, no, we've got some more. It's just in a different can now. And um, so while I was talking to her before he chimed in, she was like, he's like, she's like, is there anything else I can, you know, ask you if you're interested in? And I said, well, I'd like to try your open stout and I'm really interested in your red. And she goes, Shh. right away, she poured me a little three ounce sample of it. I could taste it and they were really good too. So, you know, so we have one of each. I did. But it's just, again, they want you to enjoy the experience. They want you to drink something that you're going to like. They're not going to tell you. Here, you you like Bud Light Lime? I think you should have a porter, an imperial porter that's like ten percent alcohol that you know you're gonna you're gonna hate from the beginning. They yeah. want you to enjoy the experience, yeah. so they will point you in the right direction. And, and let's face it, you know, they're no one's paying for advertising, so their word of mouth is their advertising that they're counting on. So they're gonna want to cater to you, and they want to help. They're, they're gonna want to put you into something that you're gonna like that you could. Bring more people to them. You're going to yeah. come back and then you're going to tell your friends about it. And you're going to tell your friends what a great time you had talking to this guy about beer. So this yeah. is all part of their process. Uh, James, you got anything? Uh, yeah. What would be the manliest way that you could possibly walk up and ask for the fruitiest beer they have? <laughs> Confidence the is key. Beer. The fruitiest beer? That's not a hard question anymore because there's a lot of fruit beers that are high alcohol content that are not like, you know, for yeah. the pain of heart. So be careful when you ask for a fruity beer. Now, if you're talking about like a Bud Light Lime, no. Yeah, yeah they have to like, ask for an American lager they're just making, say thank you. They're making IPAs and beers and sours with uh, mango and pineapple and guava. And, yeah. You know, I have one in the fridge here that's got uh, pineapple and guava and cinnamon. And I think that it's from a brewery in, um, in uh, by Green Bay, but it, it, the cinnamon's overpowering. I think it's just too much cinnamon. But it was—I mean, it's, it was a weird concept. But I—I I, I bought it because I didn't taste it because it was in cans. But I bought it because it had pineapple and guava, which was fruity. And then when you drink it, you get that—you get the—you the, get the fruit on your tongue, but then you get the aftertaste of the cinnamon, and it's and, like, whoa. And just to give you an example, that's what I liked about the beer was <laughs> the cinnamon taste afterwards. Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I mean, I really, that's so what I got me so I really jazzed about the beer. Like, I love the cinnamon stuff. So yeah. you never know. But to be honest, James, yes, there is no such thing as a fruity beer or something that, you know, it's not manly. Like, because there's nothing you should be embarrassed about drinking. I mean, no. as long as you flex a little bit while you're asking for it, I think you're okay. That's a good point. Yeah, I'll have all the, <laughs> Jess, how do you flex? Is it like this? Yeah, there you go. That's it. That's it. As long as you do that, you're fine. I want two. And yeah, I drink with both hands. You see. I'll yeah. have one. It's like you see each. that. You see that. Uh, you see that. Uh, uh, the <laughs> lampshades behind me. That those are new. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You see this cat over here? He's new. He's big and fluffy. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Jess, do you have any final questions? Any no, burning? I, I mean, no. All right. Well, we would love to have you guys back on for like a whiskey talk or something like that. Uh, if you guys oh, are yeah. into that. Bourbon. Or bourbon. bourbon. Uh, but I know you guys are coming back on Wednesday. We're bringing on hopefully two more experts um, to help us rank a set of roughly about 20 beers uh, in the sense of this is going to be very subjective, uh, our personal tastes. Um, obviously, I'm going to put Bud Light Lime right at the top because it is a man's drink. As the comments are saying, it makes one an absolute unit. Or an ultimate unit, rather. I can tell you right now, that beer is going to be in the torture column right now. It's going to be the torture column. Right okay. Right to the natter sure. days. Sure. Right to the natter days. Right right to the natter days. No, absolutely right. not. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so look forward to that. That'll be on Wednesday, uh, unlike our normal upload, which is usually Friday or Saturday. So, uh, James, you want to close us out here? Yep, indeed. Thank you guys for coming on the show tonight, and thank you, Mike, oh, for oh. finally joining. Yeah, I will, we have a somebody is uh, a challenger approaches. This is not the first time that he's crashed a podcast. If you guys no. remember the history <laughs> podcast with Brock, Mike that's also correct. crashed that one. Okay, James, close us out here before Mike starts saying anything. Okay, that's a good yeah. idea. Thank you guys yeah, for watching. I'm just gonna. Be safe there. Okay. Um, I, just I, I just muted him. Oh, God. Um, if you like, I've been trying to do that for 26 years. 
27 years. You just oh, need server God. admin access. That's, all, that's all it takes. Per, this is a perk of technology right here. Yeah. <laughs> Mike is, uh, James has just server muted Mike. <laughs> if, you anyway. guys, if you guys like tonight's episode, please like and subscribe and share it with anyone who you think might be interested. Uh, we don't have a marketing budget, so any shares is greatly appreciated. Um, we will be back on Wednesday, and uh, we've got some other shows coming out too. So stay tuned on the YouTube channel. And if you want to hang out with us while we're gaming, hop over to Twitch. Travis streams pretty much every day around like 1 or 12 and draft or 1 o'clock. DraftMode is out tomorrow at 12 o'clock, so look forward to that. Uh, in that episode, James and I will be going head-to-head and trying to figure out how to read properly and do maths. So... It's not um, good, guys. It's, it's, it's not, not good. good. It's not good. Will, will will I will I lose and James retake on on the even episodes or whatever, um or something like that? I don't know. Anyway, all right. Thank you guys for watching and have a great night. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.